You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup, and it is on. Hello, hello, mother fluffers, and welcome back to World Arm Wrestling League this week with my fine, fat self, Neil Pickup. And, in the words of Goliath after David's first shot, did you miss me? One thing is for sure, if you have been listening into the recent shows, you probably realise that we got a bit of a theme running through the podcast. That being that we're speaking to everyone and anyone who's involved on the 506 card in Atlanta. This week is no exception. And I'd say, arguably, the two biggest names in the World Arm Wrestling League, possibly in the sport of arm wrestling, are set to join me in this week's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, the heavyweight champion of the world, Monster Michael Todd, and No Limits, Devon Larratt, are this week's guests. So, without any further ado, and as I say to my wife every time I reach that bottom button, it's time to roll out the big boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Guess who I've got. Maybe, arguably, the two biggest names in world arm wrestling right now. Certainly, the two biggest names in the world arm wrestling league right now. Canada's own, no limits, Devin Larratt. And the heavyweight champion of the world, Monster Michael Todd. Guys, welcome to the show. Good times. Good times. Now then, we are now, what are we, two weeks out from 506 as we speak? 20 days, unless you talk about next week when this comes on. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't miss the magic of podcast, Michael. There you go, my bad. (laughs) They're brought to you by the magic of podcast. This is live and direct. Um, You've both got pretty big matches there. I mean, let's start with Devon. Focus, focus match for you, mate. This, there's a lot of connotations here. I mean, this is the first match of left hand that we've seen in the Supermatch series full stop. And there's always this sort of, um, I don't want to say disrespect, but maybe there's a, a, a real feeling, I think, that you are in a position of influence, in a position of control, in a position of bias within World Arm Wrestling League. Well, if ever there was some sort of evidence to suggest that's not the case, this has got to be it. You're not pulling a tomato can here, Devon. Wagner Bortolato is a very, very serious threat. Yeah, I don't think that I have really any easy matches in front of me in the World Arm Wrestling League. The way I see it is uh, basically every time that you get a call, uh, it's, it's for a match that you can very potentially lose. Uh, Wagner is a guy that we've just, we've, we almost pulled in arm wars. Uh, We almost pulled in Vegas. We've talked about it offline for, for, for a decade. 
And finally, you know, it's going to happen here in, in very short time. Now, Michael, you're a guy that's pulled Wagner Bortolato a couple of times. Uh, you'll know exactly how many. There's t- certainly two that I know of, one of them which was the infamous match uh, in Armour's Triple XL. But I think it's fair to say also, you were both smaller gents back then. The first time you pulled him, you won't have been, I don't think, much above sort of 230 around there. You were certainly in shape. And I think Wagner probably not far off 230, 240 himself. Uh, you've had more recent experience of Wagner when he has put on the pounds. And right now, word on the streets is that he's around the 300-pound mark. You may be able to attest to that. I don't know. Have you have you seen him recently, mate? No, I mean, I hadn't seen him since December, but he was 297 in December. Damn. Uh, and he's so wide. Like, when I pulled, we both were around 240, 245, you know, as a 110 kilo class. Um, both really fit, muscular. But this dude now is 60 pounds, 50, 50 pounds, 60 pounds more muscle. It's a, uh, he's, he's a big, strong dude right now. I wonder how much of that, like two, 297 is, is hair because this is like, <clears throat> I mean, this is a hairy dude. This is like, you know, he may be a werewolf. It's a bit. lot of hair. Now, joking aside, because let's be honest here, for those people listening into the podcast who won't be familiar with Wagner Bortolato. This is the loveliest dude. I mean, he's like that guy that you walk into a room and he's shaking hands and giving you a nice cup of tea and a biscuit, but you're pretty sure that he's got like 20 bodies in his patio outside. You know, he's like a scary individual. Whenever anything goes goes off in an arm wrestling match, his reactions are explosive, to say the least. Now, it's hard probably for you to to do your usual mind games with that, Devin. It's a difficult, difficult person to deal with in many ways, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is it is tough because most of the guys that I arm wrestle, I have a long, very personal history with, as in, I mean, most of the guys that uh, I'm going to arm wrestle, I've probably known them maybe 15 years, maybe longer, maybe mm-hmm. 10 years. So I know them well. And when you know somebody a long time, you kind of know what makes them tick. If you want to... If you want to verbally spar with them, you got lots of ammo. My relationship with Wagner, uh, it's tough because, yeah, I, I know him from a distance. Uh, I, I really only know the great things about him. I watch him. I'm a fan of his pulling. Uh, I love his energy at the table. Um, and, and, he's, and he's Portuguese. So I, it, it's tough for me to really engage with him mentally to a great degree before i see him in person yeah yeah and and to be fair when you do read comments and michael you're super experienced in terms of the demeanor uh, of wagner he's just such a humble lovely guy he's non-adversarial in many ways isn't he he's not that guy that you walk into a room um and he's sort of spitting thunder and eyeballing you he's just not that guy is he he's the kind of guy that comes over and says you know, stands up when your wife enters the room. He's super humble, super, super respectful, a real gentleman. And like you say, the language barrier there, the fact that he's speaking Brazilian, he's speaking Portuguese, you don't know what he's actually saying, yet somehow you know that he's just the loveliest guy ever. I mean, you, you've been around that quite a bit, Mike. Is that the impression you got? Oh, absolutely. Uh, before our match down there in Brazil last year, we were both like napping on the sofas, right? 
both of us were laying our head in our in our ladies' laps and just relaxing. He's just a good dude. I mean, he, all around good guy. But I mean, that's common in the, in our sport, right? But he's just one of those very good, down to earth guys. But when when they say go, pray to God this guy doesn't beat you because his celebration is off the chart. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, got to stay long for the ride. Like I wouldn't even strap to this dude, and he was still jerking my arm off of the place after the match. You know, it's it's uh, it's fun, man. It's, he, he's a good dude. He's he, he's a great addition to the WAL. And uh, it's going to be a fun match. I mean, it's a high-risk environment. Well, it sounds like you've been in high-risk environments before, Michael. I mean, you, I'm taking it when you were lying your head in, in Rebecca's lap that you had your full beard. Of course. And Wagner had his full beard and long hair. So if you think just of the static risk just in that environment, that's a lot of <laughs> hair-to-hair contact. We'll leave it. But anyway, moving forward onto real stuff. You you famously bust your arm against Wagner Bortolato when you jumped into him with the shoulder. Devon is going to be in watching this kind of stuff happen. Very, very aware, as Devon always is, of his opponent's style, of his opponent's technique, strengths and weaknesses. Do you feel like, from what you've experienced of Wagner Bortolato back in the day and more recently, that Devon's got the power to hold that up should it hit the hook because i think devon's strongest position is either the high or the dragon hook on the left arm all right so i'm i'm a 100 of the opinion that in 2010 when we pulled left-handed had i not had the pre-existing uh partially torn ligament i would have won that match in an impressive fashion so that day when my arm came apart had i had a healthy arm i feel like i was 100 without a doubt the better guy Last nine months ago, I wasn't even in the ballpark. Like, it wasn't even close. Now, my left is not the same as my right. And so that means my left's not the level of Devin's left. Um, but I wasn't even close. Like, it was it was a big, big gap, right? Um, I was fully committed to driving in my shoulder press with that dude. And before I could even engage any type of, you know, nothing, I'm getting flashed, right? Mm-hmm. Smack, bad. And then I think by round four, he, like, just kind of starts playing with me. Um, now, Ken Devins, Devin has leverage that I don't have. Devin has a healthier left arm than I do. Um, he has spots. I've been watching his, his, you know, training videos and his sparring matches. And, you know, Devin's got some comfortable places left-handed that, that I just don't have. So, if the match stops, I think Devin's got a very good chance of winning. Um it's just there's so much power coming at you in such a direct angle that it's it's hard to stop. What what are, what are your feelings around that, Devin? When you sort of do your homework on Wagner and you see what he's doing, I mean, this is the most unorthodox dude of, of all time. I mean, you only have to watch his training videos for Christ's sake. I mean, nobody trains like that. You know, everybody's got their own nuances in training, but a nuance is a nuance. That's just straight up weird. I mean, some of the stuff Wagner does, I mean, I love the thing where he's like pulling down the peck deck and sat on his ass and dragging himself all over the gym. It's just awesome. When you watch him working out and he's practicing his press, just the rawest, most, as Michael says, direct style of arm wrestling that you can ever imagine. Does that sort of send a bit of a chill up your spine or what? Uh I don't think it's that really um, that that worries me. 
I love it when I see somebody who's really raw because it means that they're not going to be quite as precise and dangerous. Mm. Uh, I actually really like arm wrestling really raw people because uh, they can be a lot stronger than you and you can pull off some really nice victories on them. It, Wagner's uh, energy and his effort levels are super impressive to me. Super mm -hmm. impressive. I'm not, I, I, I shouldn't say that I'm not impressed, but I don't have enough data really to know exactly how good of an arm wrestler he really is. I see him lead a lot with his shoulder. I see him crush a lot of high level people just before they can even get in the game. I do see people hang them up in a hook. And I do see if people can get a hook in, he kind of doesn't stay committed with the shoulder quite the same way. And he starts to, you know, drag into a hook, try and reset his shoulder, drag into a hook. Um, but I don't see him do, you know, too many things out that side of that scope. I don't mm -hmm. see him uh, switch into a lot of outside techniques. I, I've never seen him flop effectively. Um, so I think that his groove is somewhat predictable, which is nice for me. I basically have to defeat a shoulder press and uh, a, a shoulder press that opens into a hook. Uh, and that's kind of the way I see it. Uh, and I think that if I can accomplish that, then it's kind of showtime for me. I also don't know if he's ever really set up with somebody quite as annoying as I am. Uh, and, and I think that, that combined with the language, combined with the lights and the crowd, uh, you know, not, I don't know that that's necessarily going to shake him, but that's going to be new for him. And uh, normally when it's new, it's, it, it, it's, it's difficult the first time. Uh, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not really thinking negatively about it, about my outcome. I, I'm thinking quite positively, uh, but yeah, I definitely do respect his shoulder. So two things come up from that straight away. Number one, is there anybody more annoying than you in a setup? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. it's got it's got to be you and Sally Aris, hasn't it? I mean, you are like the the king of annoying people. I mean, if Bart Wood had a gun, you'd have no head. <laughs> yeah, and I think that Bart's got it out for me. Also, I think that Bart has decided that I'm annoying, and he starts his legal procedures, you know, well in advance. So now I'm. <laughs> forced into this relationship like <laughs> I, I can't be compliant he can't be compliant it's just as soon as my name is called even before that Bart and I are already you know having our issues hey you make a good point though many times joking aside obviously this is professional arm wrestling when you come to the table you got to be ready to 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 do this thing and um, 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 you know Michael you can obviously you endorse that view and you very much were able to deal with it last time out. But do you think that just picking up on a serious note there, with Devon's uh, points around the predictability of, of Wagner, do you see him being top rollable? Do you see his wrist being vulnerable? Or do you think it's going to come down to possible shortfalls in endurance? Um, back on the uh, training question, I don't know how the dude's tendons hold together training the way he trains <laughs> yeah shit I've ever seen. um so on the the question 
ask me, is the top rollable, is the, you know, one-dimensional shoulder press? In the past, I believe that was the case, right? So it is very difficult to find any recent footage of him other than his destruction of me left-handed. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even find much, right? I know he beat Mirtala Azanov pretty convincingly in, at a ZT arm wrestling event or something. But if you're looking at recent years, there's not a whole lot of footage to study. In the past, his previous performances as Lottie, there was a lot of uh, vulnerabilities that, that, I, that I were exposed, in my opinion. I don't know if those holes are still there, you mm-hmm. know, because we haven't got to see him um, against an elite level left-handed forward. So who knows? I mean, this, this game's objective. All this stuff is our opinions. All I can go by is how badly he beat me. Um, but like I said, maybe Devin would have been able to beat me the same way left hand. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So I, I, can't, I can't gauge on how Devin is going to do by comparison. After what I felt, you know, Devin put his video up uh, about, because I said my money's on Wagner. I'm not betting on any match other than my own, but I still feel like Wagner, because of the raw power, in my opinion, is a favorite. But it's it's a small favorite, right? It's 55-45. It's 60-40. And those, those, uh, those percentages change drastically if Devin puts the brakes on. Hey, didn't you pick Dave, too? Yeah, but you, you cheated so bad, it's horrible. Oh, how did I cheat? <laughs> um, it was a great match. I loved it. It was awesome. But neither one of y'all want to wrestle me. I'm so fucking strong today. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? We we had um, the lovely Gabriela Vasconcelos of Brazil on the show the other day. And uh, Gabby said, you know, that I think it's an American thing. That if they're talking about someone outside of the U.S., they don't necessarily give them the same respect or if they're not on their sort of barometer of recognition, their recognition radar, they don't get the same respect. Now, I think, Mike, you make a good point there because it's not like there is so much footage available of the top Brazilian arm wrestlers. You know, uh, you said it a second ago, it's hard for you to find any recent footage of Wagner. And it's it's kind of like, you know, it's like an anaconda, isn't it? You know that it lives in Brazil, and they're really big and really scary, and may bite you in the ass if you go in a swamp, but you're not sure because nobody's ever seen much footage of them, you know? You just kind of know they're there from legend. But if you do go out looking for this stuff, very little footage of the top guys, very little footage of Gabriela outside of what you see at the World Arm Wrestling Federation events. So, apart from highlight videos which are usually shot at one of those big shows. It's either Zloty Tour, World Arm Wrestling Federation Finals, things of that nature. You don't really get the opportunity to see the shortcomings, the potential issues with stamina, with endurance, uh, if somebody's wrist is suspect on some of these guys. So you're judging purely on accolades and gold medals won. And in that environment, Wagner's pretty serious, as is Gabriella. Did you get into any kind of situation after your match when you most recently pulled Wagner where you were sort of just mucking around on the table and and, and, and feeling how much he had in certain areas? Or was it just what you pulled up there and that was it? I never want to grab that guy again. So as soon as that match is over, I shook the man's hand, raised in the air, said congratulations, and went on about my evening. I was done. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to pull him. 
I, I had no desire whatsoever. Now, that doesn't mean in the future I may have a better left arm than what I have now, but yeah, I, I've never felt anything more than what I felt in our little five rounds there, and after that, I didn't want any more. Guys, we have to take a short break right there, but we will be back in just a few minutes to pick it up with the monster and he who hath no limits. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course, you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't tell you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're gonna bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? And if by the second half it looks like your bet is gonna lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code this week to activate the offer. That's promo code this week. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So we're back. Yeah, boy. Let's get straight back into action with the monster Michael Todd and No Limits Devon Larratt. Devon, when you look at who you've pulled most recently, and I think a lot of people are sort of um, loving to ask this question. I can see uh, Chris Gobby sat at home rubbing his hands thinking, yeah, we need to know the answer to this one. There's a lot of talk around you going straight to the Kings move on the left arm. And the questions really are this. Number one, do you have the same level of kings, do you believe, on the left arm that you do on the right? And do you see that as being one of your stronger weapons? And why I ask that question, not just because people are talking about it on social media, it's more when you most recently pulled against Denis Iplenkov, you didn't even seek the kings. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't something you were looking for, clearly. It wasn't that you couldn't get to it. You didn't look for it. You were looking for an attacking top role, you were looking for a hook, a point in there, but you certainly weren't seeking a Kings. Give us some feedback on where that technique fits in for you on the left arm. Is it in the Arsenal? Is it something we might see come out of the bag in Atlanta? So um, my left and my right always have been very different arms. My, I am right-handed. Uh, if I want to just talk very general, my right has always been better than my left. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's any real differences, I would say that my left is a little bit faster than my right. Uh, my right is a little bit stronger. My right is more shifted inside. Uh, and my left is more, uh, kind of neutral. Okay. So, uh, I, when it comes to the versatility of, of my arms, yeah. my my right hand can do moves across the entire spectrum with the exception of I don't have a really great offensive flop wrist uh, attack with my mm -hmm. right. But basically everything else with the right hand I can do. Um, but your flop's not bad because obviously you did use that to take a pin off Mike. 
Yeah, no, no, I can do it, but it's not like I can't really lead with it all. The, I can't do it like Jerry does it. It's really one of my total desperation moves. Whereas I feel like I'm really comfortable in a hook, in a press, uh, in a top roll, in a king's move. You know, um, I got a lot of good options with the right hand. Uh, with with the left, I'd say that I. Um, I don't need the strap as much as I do with the right. In the right, whenever you get like uh, access to a lot of my stuff, most of it is through a strap in the right. Mm. Um, in the left hand, I don't really need a strap the same way for whatever reason. Uh, I don't have a tremendous king's move in the left. However, I do have it. I can absolutely do a king's move left hand. It's not as tight. It's not as it's not as great. It wouldn't be something that I would use against uh, a guy who's got a good shoulder. Potentially, I'd use it more against a great top roller, like like Matt Mask or something. I, yeah. You know, it's not the King's move for me is a move that is really fantastic against uh, a guy with a good hand who likes to use his bicep. That's that's a great time to use a King's move. Mm -hmm. um, or or any time when it really fits in, you know, but uh, that that's where it's fit fit in really well for me. I don't anticipate leading with it, but I will absolutely use it if I get to the table and I start feeling that there's an opening there. Um, I will make I when I get to the table, I will pick the very best tool that I think at the time is gonna get me that that win. No, it, yeah, I want it, to jump in on that. Real sure, quick. go for um, it, mate. As soon as you asked that question, I wanted to just <clears throat> people are so caught up with right arm, left arm, or whatever he did right hand that he must going to do the left hand. Devin, he could use the king's move, but it's going to be a complete desperation, in my opinion. Left handed, that's not his go to. He's not got a so. very, I mean, he's got a very confident shoulder block left. Mm -hmm. Watch him when he pulled Dennis. The, the outcome wasn't what he wanted, but the options are there, right? So yeah, absolutely, the, the, my point. The King's yeah. move is something that he would be forced to go to, in my opinion, left-handed. It's definitely not something he's going to shoot for off the go. From what I see, I, I hate that people think, oh, whatever he did right-handed is left-handed. Oh, oh, well, Devin's not any good anymore because he got beat left-handed. Well, that was left-handed. That wasn't right, and that was a year ago. I mean, there's just – people have to understand that there's differences between right and left-handed. Enormous because differences. someone is very yeah. good at, at a king's move right-handed, and it was his go-to move against Dave or or Todd or whatever. That is not his left arm. So I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. I'd go further than that and say that certainly we're, you know, indicative of this. Probably all three of us, but I know myself and you particularly, and a lot of other guys. You're often more proficient with a completely different technique on your on your opposing arm. I mean, you know, I always felt uh, before I uh, before the motorcycle accident, I always felt that I had a much better or much more joined up uh, shoulder with the left arm than I ever did with the right. I'd, I'd spent so much time in sort of outside arm wrestling and dragging that I always felt that I could commit much harder with my left shoulder than I ever could with my right, despite the fact that my right was by far my stronger arm. Um, it's funny, sometimes techniques that you don't do as proficiently on your other arm, you can somehow nail on the on your left, stroke your right, whichever is your least favorite arm. It's it's weird how that works. Another guy that I, I noticed that about was Svetan Gashevsky. He had a completely different technical set 
left to right. Just a completely different look, you know. So I don't think that's uncommon in arm wrestlers. I think it's quite a, I think it's quite normal actually. I think a oh, lot absolutely. of guys would agree I think with it's, that. I think it's people's being naive and, and for lack of a better word, ignorant to just assume that because Devin's king's move right hand has become you know, more prominent that that's what he's going to do left-handed. That's stupid. That's just not realistic. That's not, you, you've given zero thought to the outcome of, or considerations to the actual match if you think that he's going to arm wrestle left-handed exactly the way he does right-handed. I mean, I shoulder press. My go-to move left-handed is a shoulder press. I can get much closer with my left. I can't get that close right. So, I mean, I don't know. It just, it bothers me that people, Yeah. I, I, get, I get my feelings pretty easy, I guess, but that, it pisses me off when people do that. I, I agree with everything you guys have said. Uh, and I had the exact same experiences, but I will say that um, I, I've been training that outside top roll Kings move a ton. And I find as I get older, I just get better in that pronational lock. And it is continuing to improve on both arms for me. Mm -hmm. here's, a, here's a question, mate, <clears throat> because I don't want to go too much into the Kings move because for me, it's been talked about too much. If I'm honest, I'm, I'm kind of over it. But what I would say is this, regardless of any technical breakdown or um, any read on this match going in, I think this is possibly the first time that I've ever sort of gone out and listened to what the wider viewing audience and sort of expert or underlying expert base in the sport is saying. And this may be the first time that I've ever seen, with the possible exception of when you pulled Dennis, that you're coming into a match as an underdog, Devon. Are you sort of conscious of that? Are you aware of that or not so much? Uh, I think that um, when I was coming up in the sport, uh, I think a lot of people had faith in me when I was young. I think I came on hard and strong. And I think that uh, after I won kind of the world championship with against John, well, got the world title, whatever you want to call it, around 2008, I think if you had have had uh, a web poll um, on all my defenses, probably for the next probably six or seven years, I was probably an underdog for a great majority of those. Um, it wasn't until the WL class came along and the 225-pound class came along that I was considered to be a heavy favorite most of the time. And I think that that, you know, my time in the 225s has kind of carried forward into this super heavyweight, uh, you know, uh, opinion of things, uh, which, which people are kind of seeing now. But there's only a few people that I really, really... You know, when 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 some you say I'm an underdog, or if Mike says I'm an underdog, or if Angan says I'm an underdog, but like the the fan polls, I mean, people just don't have the information most of the time. It's more of a popularity contest. Yeah, yeah, okay, I agree with that. I actually don't have you as an underdog in this match. I don't have you as a heavy favorite either. I think it's a great arm wrestling match, and I think it's something that can take um, various forms. But I really see this being contested largely on the inside. And I think it'll be, um, I think Wagner's dangerous early. And if Wagner can finish quickly, he's got a greater pendulum of opportunity. It, the longer the matches go, wherever that occurs, it definitely massively favours you. I think that he's a dragster. Um, and as you say, he's more, 
you're more switchblade and he's more chainsaw. And sometimes you can see a chainsaw coming and um, you've got the experience of World Arm Wrestling League in your favour as well. Um, it'll be interesting actually to see the match. I'm really, really interested to see the outcome of this one. I think it'll be entertaining. I really do. Now then, we're going to shift focus for uh, for five minutes. I want to hear your opinions of Jerry Cataret, Michael Todd, Devon. What a great match. What a great match. Every time these two guys get together, it's just such a beautiful clash because of the, I feel like they're on opposite ends of the arm wrestling spectrum with where they're most comfortable. Uh, Michael's most comfortable in an open, open style. And, and Jerry's really comfortable giving uh, that style exactly what they're really looking for. And, and, you know, just holding on to his shoulder commitment. So <laughs> they both give each other what they're looking for. Michael gives you his arm, you know, Jerry gives you his hand. So they're stuck in this really wild place. Uh, they, there's like, for me, like, I know they've arm wrestled. They've got a great history. Mm-hmm. For me, there's, there's three that really stand. Well, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's uh, two that really stand out in the past. Uh, there's the one at UAL, uh, which was, you know, a sign for things to come. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jerry, unfortunately, before the match, smashed his head against the, the windshield. Uh, and then the second match, uh, Michael broke his hand. Uh, and I feel like, I feel like at one point, these guys are going to come together and really, really settle it. I, I do think with the with the limited amount of information that I have looking at this match, I think that these guys are are really, really even, but I cannot help but weigh the factor of Michael having, you know, a really good run-up to the finals, whereas it, it seems to me that Jerry was Jerry's arm was purple after the Todd Hutchings match. And I mean, I know when I start to feel good, I can't help just to, but to be optimistic. But I know that if I have a hard match like that, I'd be in no position. So I have to believe that this one has got to be Michael with, um, you know, after the first round, I think that it's going to not look quite as, not quite as difficult as it has uh, like the previous couple times. That's just, what I think, but I, I hope that Jerry's been able to, you know, patch himself together. I mean, Michael's certainly in unbelievable condition. He said so a moment ago himself, and we're going to hear from him in just a second. But one thing I would say there is if you look at Michael's trajectory this year versus common opponents uh, from last season, so on and so on, uh, Dave Chafee case in point, Michael went through Dave Chafee on this occasion far easier than he ever has before. Uh, with all due respect to Dave, that was um, it was the Michael Todd show that night. He looked extraordinarily strong and extraordinarily comfortable against a guy that is beyond doubt incredibly strong. And you can attest to that, Devin. You've just pulled the man. But I think you are Michael, as we all know, is an unbelievably emotional character in uh, you know on and off the arm wrestling table. But you seem in a really good place, Mike, at the moment, and I know you're confident. Man, uh, the only issue I have with this match is what Devin just said. 
so many people thinking the outcome would be different had he uh, not had whatever injury happened. Um, I'm so far above everyone else in the heavyweight right now that I, I feel sorry for anyone who has to pull me. I'm stronger now than I pulled Dave. I just completed the heaviest week of circuits, significantly heavier than when I was pulling Dave. Uh, I've never been in this form. I've never felt this good. I've shored up every hole that I had in my game. And people are expecting this to be a long match, and I'm sad to disappoint, but I'm going to run right through Jerry Cataret. Now, you said to me uh, on the phone only a couple of weeks ago, Mike, that you would love or wanted to face Jerry at his absolute peak. When you let's let's say things play out in that fashion, and you win and win convincingly. Uh, on the 25th, do you feel like you would immediately want to offer Jerry a rematch, you know, down the tracks? Or is the other fellow that's on this call more where your sights are set? Or is it someone else? I will pull whoever the WL puts in front of me. But the uh, the most media, most exposure, most marketable match is the rematch between me and Devin. Um, I'll pull whoever they put, though. I, I don't, I, and, and it's, I, like I said, this is just a big extended family that's what this sport is mm-hmm. but i i feel sorry for whoever has to pull me you're likely going to send flowers before the match i'm telling you i'm i can't okay so i don't know it's just i'll do all my talking on the day of the event but uh this is by far the very best version i've ever been there he is ladies and gentlemen you just heard it from the reigning and defending super heavyweight champion of the World Arm Wrestling League, Devon, Michael. Thanks, guys, for coming on. It's almost showtime, fellas. It's almost showtime. There comes a time in life when you just have to bring the curtain down. And unfortunately, we have reached that time now, brethren. It's the end of the show, but what a show! I want to say a massive thank you to Monster Mike and Devon Larratt for coming on once again and for talking us through their expectations ahead of 506 Atlanta. I want to thank all of you guys for taking the time, as always, to drop in here. And I hope once again you'll find the time, same time, next time, right here on the World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself, Neil Pickup. Take it easy, peeps. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and Wagering Week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.